Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 from Geek Vibes Live. As always, I am your host, Tia, and I am joined with a fellow Geek Vibes Nation writer with me, AJ. Welcome, AJ. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) And our top 10 today, which is going to be the top 10 DC movies, was actually inspired by AJ. You know, every week we have to come up with a new list, and sometimes it gets a little difficult to do that, but AJ came in with a fantastic idea because we have done the top 10 MCU movies, and the thing is, we can't really do the top 10 DCEU movies just because I don't really think that there's enough of them. So just to kind of get our viewers up to speed, this is going to be the top 10 DC movies that includes the DCEU, prior DC movies, and DC animated movies. So I think that we're going to have a really good list today. Right now it's just AJ and I'll see if I can get anyone else on the phone, but that's perfectly okay. I say let's just jump into this. AJ, give us your top ten. Okay, so starting with Batman Under the Red Hood. This There's a lot to say for this one. This, this is one of the most emotional Batman movies slash comic books I've ever read. With the uh, spoiler, death of Jason Todd, the brutality of the Joker, um, the moment Batman realized, realizes that Jason isn't dead and he's going on a rampage um, to get at the Joker. And that scene, the scene where um, um, Jason Todd, Batman, and Joker are together in the warehouse. It gives me, it's it's one of the emotional scenes I've ever seen cinematically. And there was a quote that said, like, why I'm not talking about killing Pink, why I'm not talking about killing Penguin or Scarecrow or Dent. I'm talking about him, just him. And doing it because, because he took me away from you. That line of every. I feel like that is the most emotional line that I've ever felt in any Batman movie. Sorry, AJ, I had you on mute for a second. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I had myself on mute. I'm sorry. Not you on mute. I had myself on mute. I could hear everything oh, okay. you were saying. Uh, no, no, no. I think that is a great choice for our number 10 just because I think that a lot of people are going to agree with you that Batman Under Red Hood is simply one of the best animated uh, Batman movies and probably one of the best Batman movies, period. Um, and now that we're kind of talking about that, I have a question for you because I think, you know, you probably know that uh, Supernatural's Jensen Ackles voiced Red Hood. And there's kind of been this, like, debate as to whether, you know, who would play him in the DCEU. He's a perfect choice. There's no debate about that. I think he should be Red Hood and only Red Hood. I'm not sure who I would choose for Batman as of yet, but Jason, as Jason Todd, would be perfect. I love him as Supernatural, yeah. even though I watched like three seasons of it because it just kept going <laughs> on. He is obviously the best part of Supernatural. Well, yeah, and um, for, I guess, anyone out there who's a Supernatural fan, it just got renewed for its uh, 15th season, so... <laughs> Uh, Jensen Ackles is a little caught up, so I guess if they ever did want to bring him on as Red Hood, they might have to wait a little on that. But what do you think about uh, in the DC universe? I know that we do have someone playing Jason Todd. Have you watched Titans? I did. And I would – well, I – I'm happy that it's separated because I like the new person that's playing Jason Todd. He gives he gives the brutality of Jason Todd, the he gives the confidence of Jason Todd and that's what I love about him. But if we're going on with the movie I feel like it could it can be different. It's the same but with a different um Oh my goodness, actor. And I feel like Jason Ackles would do he would do amazing in that. Yeah, I mean, I, it it really seems like for right now that they're planning on keeping all of those uh, different mediums separate. I don't think that they're planning on combining the DC universe with the DCEU, so we can definitely have a Jason Todd in the. DC Universe and have a separate actor in the DCEU. So, uh, AJ, great choice for the number 10 Batman under the Red Hood. Uh, I'm going to take the number 9. And, you know, if no one happens to join us this one, we're going to have a lot of, you know, you and I can go a bunch of different times. So, um, (laughs) I'm going to choose, I'm going to be like kind of controversial I feel here by picking what I'm about to pick and you're probably going to yell at me but uh, (laughs) for number nine because again this is at the bottom of the list I'm going to pick Suicide Squad and I know that so many people dislike this movie and so many people are going to if people are listening they're going to be like oh my god you're picking Suicide Squad but I'm going to pick it as one of my favorite uh, DC movies, one of my certainly one of my favorite movies within the DCEU. I 
love any time we get something that is a bunch of misfits uh, all together and they are thrown into a situation where they have to battle for a common good and no one has confidence in them. I just think that the cast was really great. I loved Will Smith as Deadshot. I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, I love Jay Courtney as Boomerang. I mean, I can go on and on. I thought they were great. I mean, you have Viola Davis playing, you know, Amanda Waller, and she was just so badass in that role. I know that there was some flaws in the movie, obviously, the whole thing with um, the Enchantress and stuff like that, but I love the musical soundtrack of it. Um, I just thought it was a fun movie. I can keep watching that movie and have fun while watching it. And I think that, to me, is why it's one of my favorites, certainly in the DCEU. I know that James Gunn, for those who don't know, James Gunn, who was let go by Marvel, is actually set to both write and direct the next Suicide Squad, which is not being described as a sequel so much as a relaunch. And instead of it being called Suicide Squad 2, it's being called The Suicide Squad. And he's kind of expected to recast, which is a little disappointing. Um, I would have liked to see Will Smith return. I would have liked to see Jake Courtney return. And I would have liked to see Joel Kinnaman return. I know that all of them have been training a lot for their return in anticipation. Margot Robbie doesn't have to worry because she's doing Birds of Prey. So she's okay either way. But yeah, so as far as number nine, I am going to pick the, you know, Suicide Squad. I would love to know your thoughts on my probably <laughs> insane choice. <laughs> okay, um, I also enjoyed Suicide Squad as well. I enjoyed everything from the DCEU, but I have so many issues with Suicide Squad. Like, <laughs> like you mentioned Enchantress, which was, uh, oh my goodness, I don't even know how to describe what she was in that movie. She was a terrible villain. Um, the editing was bad. Yeah, that's one of the big problems I had with the editing. Um, like you said, the Will Smith, Marco Robbie, um oh, dang, who played um uh Lyle Davis and everybody else, they did perfect they did a perfect job acting and between those characters I thought. And Margot Robbie, I feel like is like underappreciated as Harley Quinn. I feel like that she's up there with like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, um, Ben Affleck as Batman. I know that's controversial sometimes. Uh, who else? Well, I Steve certainly Jackson. think that yeah. I I certainly think that uh, Margot Robbie is under you know appreciated in that role, as you said. I mean. Uh, we think of certain actors as their characters, like Hugh Jackman, like Ryan Reynolds, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. But um, mm. we we have our first live-action Harley Quinn with Margot Robbie. Which and is she beautiful. Beautiful. She's mm-hmm. a fantastic actress. She's gorgeous. She really embodies that character so well. And she's going to do amazing in Birds of Prey. I've seen the little teaser. I've seen the the behind-the-scenes photos. I think she looks great. 
how I have, how, I have how, some problems with that teaser, but we can go on that another time. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like we kind of have time because it's just the two of us, so um, why not? What what okay. do you see as your issues with that? Um, I feel like that they shouldn't have released that until they actually got everything together. I, I know that it's for the fans and all, but I feel like it just makes people more nervous about how they will actually look in the movies. Like, I was talking to this guy on Twitter the other night saying that the look, as of now, doesn't look good besides, like, Harley Quinn, of course. And everything else surrounding Harley Quinn looks like a darker tone, even though it was just like a, it was a tease, which cool and all to know that they're working on it. But I don't know if they should have started off with that. I think my biggest problem is they were doing the teaser to kind of get people excited for it. And my biggest problem is they showed, um, oh, God, how do I pronounce his name? Ian McGuire? Oh, my God, I'm so terrible with that. Um, as, or... as Black Mask. And it didn't look like anything. Someone said, was it you? Someone said he looked like Bono a little. And I was like, yeah. He kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why I have a problem with that because it's not it's not going to portray what they actually look like in the movies. It's just a what? Yeah. Just yeah. It's just. Well, I certainly hope that there. they that they improve it and it starts looking better. But um, again, Margot Robbie, she's amazing and she really made. It. Suicide Squad for me, um, her kind of, I really liked the way she and Will Smith's dead shot played against each other, and that was mm-hmm. a really cool aspect of their, Suicide Squad. Their chemistry Squad. was amazing. Their chemistry was amazing, much better than with Jared Leto's Joker, which I don't have the biggest problem with. I know that a lot of people dislike his Joker. I love, I loved his Joker. I yeah. People are gonna hate yeah. me for this, but I love this Joker. He just had like he didn't have any screen time to be what he was actually supposed to be. And, yeah, just, and that so, movie focused on the Joker. That feel like Suicide Squad would have been a hundred times better. And someone pointed that out that anytime we've gotten the Joker in the past, they've been the main villain with the Dark mm-hmm. Knight with you know, Jack Nicholson, we've had a chance to really see their Joker develop, and we didn't get that with Jared Leto's Joker. And I think even David Ayer had said that he should have made the Joker the main villain, and you should have. I think we would have been able to see more of Jared Leto's acting capability and been able to appreciate a little more. I had no problem with it. People got on his tattoos and everything, and I'm like, you have to look at the context of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have made he wouldn't have made sense looking any any other way except the way he did. The problem is, is that the comic book fandom has, like, one specific comic in mind, and they don't think of, like, the overall aspect of the film. And I feel like that makes them, or us, that makes us, um, what is it, single-minded on how things can expand away from comics but still feel like the comics. Yeah, and I certainly, I I do feel that because, and I know that you know 
better than anyone. I feel that anytime we post anything DC related, people kind of go a little nuts about it. Um, and, Not, and you and certainly I do know. Too I do. I do too at times. I just have to usually check myself before I say something. <laughs> usually For anyone who doesn't know, AJ is our uh, debater when it comes to Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Watch out for him. <laughs> I get a little heat at times. You know, we all do, and that's kind of what it's <laughs> for. <laughs> but, all right, so um, I'm going to keep my number nine as Suicide Squad. I guess we can move right along, AJ, if you want to give us your number eight. Hmm. Um, I'll do Batman Begins just because we're on the topic of how things can go away from the comics but still feel feel like a comic book movie at the same time, even though that's in itself a debatable conversation. But Christopher Nolan um, did the Batman Begins, and what I liked about it is not even Batman itself, but Ra's al Ghul. And Liam, Liam Neeson did a perf- perfect job um, acting as Razo Gore, and I thought he was really badass. Um, the action wasn't that great, but it does like it does make the film feel natural at its own, and having the characters like interact with each other is what I love most about it. And Hans Zimmer and James um, Newton score for the Batman Begins was just just something about Hans Zimmer that I just love just like John Williams and so many other composers that that feel like natural for the film they they portray and then I like how they use Gotham as a character as a character of its own separate from like Batman and it just makes everything feel like a Batman movie without it actually being a Batman movie. Yeah, I'm super glad that you picked the Batman Begins because I love that movie. It really set the tone of what Christopher Nolan was trying to do with his uh Batman films. Uh Christian Bale was just so good at it and I think that from what I've read, that he was kind of, people were skeptical, at least the people behind the scenes, because they didn't have nearly as much of, like, you know, social media presence as they do today to really talk about that. But the people behind the scenes were a little skeptical about Christopher Nolan insisting that they use Christian Bale. But I thought that he did a wonderful job. Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul was a perfect villain in the first introductory film in this process and I think what one of the things that I love most is you know from the Batman animated series Scarecrow is one of my favorite villains and (laughs) they they brought him to life with Cillian Murphy and it was a much different adaptation than what we've seen I think that Christopher Nolan really wanted things to be quote-unquote realistic Um, I had read at some point that, um, you know, he didn't want to put the mask in. 
don't know if you know this, but Christopher Nolan didn't want to put the mask of Scarecrow in the movie, but, um, oh, and gosh, I forget the other guy who was involved in that movie, but he, you know, insisted that they do that, so they really worked that in to have in this, like, really crazy, psychological, um, messed up way. I love that they introduced that, and it really played on Bruce Wayne's fears, and I just thought it was a great movie to really set that tone. Um, I think when we talk about Christopher Nolan's trilogy, that maybe Batman Begins doesn't get spoken about enough. And it's, it's, it's I think definitely underrated. Because people underrated. talk about the Dark Knight more. Exactly. But I, I love Batman Begins. I think that's a great, um, a, just a really great Batman movie to have Christian Bale really solidify. And then he has... I mean, think about the cast we have. We had Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, <laughs> Christian. I love them. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you know, to get Morgan Freeman in a comic book movie, that's fantastic. Um, and Michael Caine as Alfred. I'm sorry. Like, I Michael Caine is the only Alfred to me. I don't know how you feel about it, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I love loved him, but James Iron is. I feel like a good Alfred, too. There I like him, too. There's a quote, and no, never mind. That's in Dark Knight. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> Dark Knight now. You know, it's it's perfectly okay because but you can't talk about Batman movies without that, uh, mm-hmm. without the Dark Knight. I feel like, so it's really funny. I was looking at DC movies for this list. I was like, okay, let me just, you know, pop it up and see what I can pick from. And mostly, sure. most of the freaking movies are Batman movies. I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to, I was trying to move away from the Batman movies because they're all great, and I didn't want it to be like a Batman list instead of like a DC list. Yeah, exactly. But it's because they've done such a majority of Batman movies, it just becomes that for some reason in the list but you can't again you now we're on number eight and we have already two batman movies and i'm sure there's going to be a ton more on the list but i think that number eight as batman begins is just really just a good choice of that um i'll take number seven and kind of following along with the trend of batman movies I'm going to pick uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, (laughs) I loved that movie. I remember when I went to the movie theater to go see The Dark Knight Rises, literally the scene where um, he, you know, first puts the cape back on and shows up. The whole entire movie theater cheered during that because it was like, you know, you're given Batman in the beginning of the movie and he hasn't been, Bruce Wayne hasn't been Batman for eight years and now this new uh, threat is coming and, you know, he dons the, the, the cape once more. I just thought it was absolutely perfect. Um, I love Tom Hardy as Bane. I think that if I remember correctly, this was really the movie that kind of put Tom Hardy on the mainstream map. If you were a fan of Tom Hardy, you obviously knew his work before this, but 
the Dark Knight Rises really kind of like made him a household name. And I know that Christopher Nolan took a lot of liberties as far as that character goes, you know, with the mask and his origins and all that. But there's no doubt that you just saw Tom Hardy as Bane and just was absolutely in awe with like the sheer physical mass of him. And piggybacking on The Dark Knight where we had Heath Ledger's Joker, a lot of people were wondering who Christian, uh, who Christopher Nolan was going to choose as the villain for his last movie in this trilogy. And some people wanted the Riddler. But uh, Christopher Nolan was really adamant that he wanted to uh, have someone who was like just as physically imposing as uh, Batman to really kind of be his uh, to be his nemesis there. And I, I just loved it. I loved Tom Hardy's Bane. I thought he was absolutely perfect in it. There were so many moments. I still, you know, like shudder about that moment where uh, I forget the rich guy who's like telling him, you know, I paid you that makes me in charge. And all Bane has to do is put his hands on the guy's shoulder and he's like, <laughs> do, you feel in, do you feel in charge right now? Um, I, I, I love I love The Dark Knight Rises. I could still watch it to this day. Um, I, I just really like that movie. AJ, if you want to give me your opinions on The Dark Knight Rises. Um, this is where I have a comic book brain and the way that way, the way I think in that way is that Bane is and Christopher Nolan's Batman is terrible because I already perceived Bane as like either the Batman animated Bane or Ben Justice Bane or any other Bane besides what I got. But on the other half, I know what Christopher Nolan was doing and it fit his aesthetic and style of filmmaking for his trilogy. And to speak on the Riddler, uh, I don't know if that would have been a good choice, and I'm happy he didn't choose the Riddler, but he chose Bane for his trilogy for Batman Rises. And it was, it's been a while since I watched that movie. Mm. I mean, what did hey, you think it, about... Sorry, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? What did you think about the storyline with Talia Al Ghul? Because I, I will say that as far as that movie went, that maybe was a little bit of uh, – if I had a problem with the movie, I didn't necessarily like her character. I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's the aesthetic of his Batman movie. So when I saw that, and I actually liked the twist for that, and on the side note, I actually love Catwoman. Just Catwoman more. Anne Hathaway's I, Catwoman was I love amazing. Anne Hathaway's mm-hmm. Catwoman. I don't think that gets talked about enough. She was it, it was an it was an example of I never saw Anne Hathaway in that capacity. When they first cast her, I was like, Oh, you know, Anne Hathaway, she's so nice, she's so sweet. You know, she's in the <laughs> You know, she's in those princess movies, and 
she first comes on and she looks like the the sweet like maid. And when she first has that like look on her face where she instantly starts smirking and she almost like falls so easily into the character. Oh, I think that happens. This gives me chills. It gives me chills <laughs> just thinking about Anne Hathaway. Oh. Celine. Celine. That's why I hope they get a good Catwoman for the Batman trilogy. I really hope they do Catwoman. And I want Isaac Gonzalez that played in Baby Driver. I feel like that she would be perfect for the role. She would be great for that role because she could embody that little mischievousness that uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle has. And, you know, let's just be honest, the actress is gorgeous. So it would really be a great. (laughs) It would be great. Gorgeous is an understatement. It would be a great decision if they brought her in as Catwoman. Um, yeah, that that was a great casting. Um, but Anne Hathaway was just so good. She really fit into that character great, and I don't think that people recognize that when we go back and we talk about, uh, you know, Batman characters pretty much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i going to stick with The Dark Knight Rises on number seven um, just because I love the movie. I understand that, again, people really didn't view Bane like that. You know, we're used to the anime version. We're used to the video game version. Um, but I, I like the creative twist that Christopher Nolan uh, picked there. He really, you know, never wanted to bring in a character that had superpowers. I think that he kind of just wanted to stick within this realm where everyone is like, quote, unquote, a normal human being, which to say that is, you know, not correct either just because all these characters still were running around in costumes and still had evil plots. But I think that Christopher Nolan wanted to operate his trilogy where it was plausible that this stuff could happen in real mm-hmm. life. So, that you know, that's where I saw it as. It was definitely a creative take on the character, but that's just, it's just my opinion. So if you guys are joining us, we are going over the top 10 DC movies. I have my amazing co-host today, AJ, with me. We have done uh, number 10 as Batman Under the Red Hood, Number nine as Suicide Squad, number eight as Batman Begins, number seven as The Dark Knight Rises. AJ, I'm going to shoot it back over to you for number six. All right, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I'm actually going to choose B for Vendetta. Um, Nice, because it is a DC movie. Yes, and it's the graphic novel is by Alan Moore, which is the it's perfect. And to get that right on screen makes it even better. And it's very heavy on the political aspects of it, but I feel like that's relevant even for today because, you know, Trump and all, I'm not going to get too much into that politics stuff. But um, the performances from Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman were, I feel like, were amazing, and not enough people talk about this movie. Like, people talk about the new stuff, like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and all that, but no one, I feel like, like, no one talks about V for Vendetta enough. 
Um, the characters, Natalie Portman's character, um, Evie gets a lot of character growth, and one of the best characters I feel like in like the DC movies in general. And it also brought upon the quote, "Remember, remember the fifth of November," and that's always on Twitter. But that's about it. <laughs> I love that you. Um shook it up a little and chose V for Vendetta because I didn't actually realize that it was a DC property until I was looking at the list of DC movies and I saw V for Vendetta. I was like, oh, shoot, okay. I wasn't (laughs) aware of that. Um, But that's a great movie that, as you said, I mean, we know the quote, remember the the 5th of November, but it was really such a – well-done movie, this, like, orchestrating of it. And as far as, you know, kind of the legacy that the movie has left, it's, it's mm-hmm. left this almost, you know, with the mask, the... It's the timeless. Group of, it's it's timeless, timeless, you know. And as we said, we're not going to get too much into politics <laughs> here, but <laughs> it is very relevant with what we are dealing with today, what we have been dealing with. And mm-hmm. I, I love that we have this type of movie that we can kind of quote and we can kind of feel a connection to and, um, you know, have it relating to real life in a way. So I love that you used uh, V for Vendetta. I'm going to kind of ask a question because as you know, AJ, we are in the world of reboots and remakes. Do you ever see them uh, doing another adaptation of this movie? I mean, me personally, I don't think they need to redo it. Um they can put it back in theaters for like a limited time, but I don't feel like it needs to be remade. And if it does, uh, I might want Christopher Nolan. No, I want. I might <laughs> want um, Dennis. Oh, crap, I can't pronounce his last name. Um, the one that directed Villa. Blade Runner, Villeneuve, something like that. Yeah, and. Who do you think would play the roles in uh, in the reboot? <laughs> I don't think. Here. Uh, I don't think you need to switch the actor for the character V, but for Evie's character, I have no idea to be honest. But you know what? Crap. You might have to get back to me on this one. I have to think about it. (laughs) No, of course, I understand. It's just it's funny because uh, I see every time that you and I are in our group chat and we get another article where it says, blah, 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 is being remade, blah, 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 is being rebooted, and you think to yourself, oh, why, why? I mean, even (laughs) even, uh, the... Speaking about DC movies, Watchmen is getting a series now. So it's funny that, especially in today's day and age with our political climate that we have, that no one's kind of shopping around to do V for Vendetta. But I guess that it could be because it's so timeless that maybe, or just maybe it's on no one's radar right now. But um, it's either that or like 
it's I feel like the Watchmen series is going to dive a lot into the political aspects of today's society. But for like V for Vendetta, I I don't think you can remake that without. It's gonna. The problem is, it's gonna be. It's not even gonna be like. It's not gonna be decisive, divisive. It's gonna be like destroyed. I feel like, from like, fans of movies in general, because they don't want to like. Move into like the political aspects. They just want to enjoy a film for a film, and for V for Vendetta, it's like heavy, on the political aspects. I don't think it would do good in theaters, but it should be made. And I don't have a problem with remakes because you already have the original and if they remake it, it's either good or it's bad and you don't have to watch it again if it's bad. So when people complain about, oh, this is being remade or that's being remade, I don't understand why because <laughs> you already have the original. Well, I'll I'll say really quick, you know, I was a little skeptical when they said, and this is kind of going a little off, but I was kind of skeptical that they were remaking The Lion King. But as soon as I saw that, like, trailer for what we're going to get, I was like, never mind, mm-hmm. never mind. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I wait the Jungle Book was remade, and I felt like the live action was really, really good. I know people had some problems with it, but they had life to it, and that's what's important for kids, not specifically us, but, like, kids in general to get introduced into the Jungle Book. I feel like it's a good introduction, and I feel like Lion King can do that as well. Yeah, just, like, have a new um, generation, essentially, of people Mm -hmm. who are enjoying these movies because... You know, original Lion King, I think, came out in, like, early 1990s. So, who knows, you know? Yeah, I think we, it was, like, 93. I might be way off on that one. It's still freaky to me that there are, like, adults running around that weren't even born in the 90s. They were born in, like, 2000. So, I'm like, wow, you guys really don't know anything, do you? Um, and that's why, like, I think that's why Disney is remaking everything. It's for, like, the next generation of kids. And people complain about that, and I feel like it's our generation and up that are only complaining about it. And well, I, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, that that's what I don't know. It's like it feels like that's what we like to do. We just like to complain, um, and I think yeah. almost that we feel protective of these movies when, in fact, we should just be embracing that there's going to be another generation of fans that are enjoying it. I agree. So that's, that's how I personally feel. But uh, AJ, great choice for number six, uh, V for Vendetta. Um, I'm going to, you know, unfortunately go back to the, you know, <laughs> superhero movies just because um, I, I really want to put this on the list. Uh, my number five is going to be Wonder Woman. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I and I should. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a good movie to put in the middle of the list for number five. Um, I first of all, I have to say that when they first cast Gal Gadot, got it. I feel bad that I. Gal Gadot. 
Good job. Okay, my bad. I was way off. Um, when they first uh, cast her, I was a little skeptical because, and this may sound very um, superficial or something, but I just didn't think that she was big enough, like physically. Because that was most of the people's complaints, and it's understandable. Yeah, because, you know, there's supposed to be Amazon women, and especially mm-hmm. with the new, um, you know, comic book adaptations, they're making her more muscular, and I thought that we should have had that a little with her, so I was skeptical. And, in fact, I never went to the theaters to go see Wonder Woman. I only saw this, like, recently. Um, within, <laughs> I know. Within, like, the past six months recently. Um, and I was you know, dead wrong. I really like her as Wonder Woman. I thought that the movie, uh, as far as a DCEU movie, has, like, a solid presence to it. She just is a re- She could tell she really is comfortable in that role as Wonder Woman. I like that we had it set within uh, World War II. We had her, you know, we had the scenes of her in her home. We had scenes of her uh, discovering, you know, the the general public pretty much. And I enjoyed Wonder Woman. There's some problems I have with the movie, but I'll reserve that. I just think that it was a good movie. I watched it and I was like, wow, I feel bad now that I never, like, decided to ch- you know, go to the movie theaters and see it because I just think that she's really good in that role. And in fact, as far as like Batman versus Superman and Justice League, she was definitely my favorite part of both of those movies just because anytime she was on screen, I was like, oh, thankfully, we have someone with, uh, with common sense on screen. But I really, enjoy- <laughs> I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Uh, AJ, you sounded very excited when I picked this, so I'm going to shoot over to you right now. Negative, you had to say. What did you say? I want to see what are your negative parts for the movie. I want to hear them. (laughs) So my two negative parts were, and this could just be coming from a stance of as a woman, but, you know, you, you have Gal, and she's so gorgeous. She really is. Uh, but you have her fighting in the middle of a battlefield and dirt is everywhere and ships flying around and gunpowder and she still looks gorgeous. She looks like she's like a supermodel. Yeah. And I'm real and I'm really convinced that during that battle scene that someone was just standing outside of the shot with like a fan to make sure that her hair was like waving, you know, her hair never mm-hmm. moved. It was like gorgeous still. And I just feel that that's unrealistic fighting. I mean, not to like compare it to a Marvel movie because I don't want to do that, but just shooting it out there really quick. One of the things that someone pointed out in Ant-Man and the Wasp was, you know, when Hope fought a battle and she took her helmet off, you know, she was sweaty. Her hair was sticking to her face, you know, it was, realistic. So in -hmm. Wonder Woman, where we have Gal who's, you know, fighting all these, like, you know, Nazi soldiers and stuff, and she still looks like she could, you know, walk the runway at a Victoria's Secret (laughs) show. I was like, you know, come on. I know that, you know, I I know that sex sells, and I know that you want to have the beautiful woman on screen, but I just thought, come on, guys, let's be a little more realistic here. And um, 
honestly, I feel like her relationship with Stephen Trevor could have been developed a little more. I like that it was kind of where he's, you know, amused by the fact that she doesn't know a lot about, you know, mankind, and, you know, she gets so excited about ice cream, and she's like, oh, babies, you know, I thought that was cute, like, I had no problem with that, but when they kind of, like, you know, dove headfirst into a romance with them, I was like, ah, this could have been, you know, developed just a little bit more, I felt like, so that, those are my two problems. I mean, they were minor. They didn't certainly take away from the movie, but they were the two things that stood out to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, no, but like you said, with the chemistry between D. Trevor and, oh my goodness, Diana Prince, good Lord. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that it was perfect and you're right it could have been developed more but I think that's when the sequel comes in I, at least I hope that's what happens in the sequel um, that their character development will become more and more but the um, the scene when they're dancing I feel it's like one of the most beautiful scenes of the movie that and the note no man's land scene, which was badass, and the cinematography cinematography for those two were amazing. But let's see, who did the cinematography for that? Rupert Grayson Williams. No, he did the score. Who did the? You know who did the cinematographer? I don't. So, I'm sorry. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> I like how this was the first successful lead female superhero as well. And this will expand upon other female superheroes that's going to come out this year, this year even, like Captain Marvel, which is I'm really excited for. I know some people have some skepticism about it, but for me, I feel like it's going to do good like any other Marvel movie. Besides, like Iron Man three and Dark War, Dark World. Uh, um. the, the, the stains in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there's those are just problems in and of itself. But I like how they're going right now for DC. It's like folks in that one movie at a time let those characters develop in their own movies rather than trying to force a connective a connective yeah. tissue just like Marvel is doing. I feel like that if they work each movie separately and focus on one character at a time that we'll start to get more and more better movies and then hopefully that'll lead up into like Justice League and more movies like that. And the cinematographer was Matthew Jensen. Nice. Yeah, I I agree with you that I'm happy that they're separating them more. Um, I'm excited for Wonder Woman 1984. I am disappointed Mm. that they decided to push it out another year, but if that's what they have to do to ensure really great movies, then I have no problem doing it. I thought that was good planning, because now Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey are in the same year. 
Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a good uh, point that you're making there. And as you said, I loved what it did for women, you know, little girls Mm -hmm. to go and see Wonder Woman and really get into it. I mean, that's beautiful. And now we're having... And it it doesn't overpower either. Like, right. some movies, like, super feminist and not super feminist. This is, like, a Wonder Woman is, like, really equal in between the two. And it still empowers women. And it can even empower men at the same time as well. Yeah, I think it was a movie that everyone could enjoy, even though it, you know, was a female-led movie. And it obviously did such great, you know, wonders for women, little girls, but men could enjoy it as well. Everyone enjoyed Wonder Woman. And we have Captain Marvel coming out in a few months, which I, guys, honestly, I'm going to put it out there right now on this show. I hate the whole um, comparison between Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. First of all, they are two separate worlds. And also, Mm -hmm. we can... We can have two female-led movies and not have, you know, well, Wonder Woman's better, Captain Marvel's better. Let's just enjoy both of them. They're both, you know, great. Uh, Wonder Woman's great, I think Captain Marvel. I think I told you you this before, but this fandom likes to compare things. Like, I do it, and I try not to get, like, like, compare everything to each other, but this fandom likes to compare that oh Marvel or DC, which one's better or not better. I feel like that's what makes uh, this fandom a little toxic. And I feel like we need to get away from that a little bit more. But isn't it's a it's a problem, I feel like, that they compare they compare yeah, each I, movie to each other. I completely agree because I don't know where that even started, um, but it, I would honestly like it to stop. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there right now. I would honestly like it to stop. But, yeah, um, I'm just really excited for Wonder Woman 1984. It's gonna, I think it's going to be super interesting, uh, them bringing back Steve Trevor. And as you said, AJ, I really hope that they take a moment to really develop their relationship. Um, it's going to be really great seeing uh, Wonder Woman kind of, you know, see Steve Trevor again. Although, now I'm thinking about it, but, okay, so, correct, maybe you can help me a little now that, like, this just got on my head. But we have Wonder Woman 1984, right, which obviously takes place in the 80s, and Steve Trevor is there. But, obviously, something happened that Steve Trevor is not around again anymore because Justice League happened and he's clearly not around, you know, but and Justice League takes place in modern day time. How are they going to explain that? Mm, well, some people are speculating that it's time travel, but I don't think that's the case. Um, I feel like that Steve might be there temporarily to help Diana on her quest by a god or something. That's my that's my theory at least. Um yeah. I don't know. Um I feel like <laughs> Patty Jenkins knows what she's doing and she'll make his return convincing and that's all that matters right now. Uh 
And I don't, I don't think nineteen I don't think nineteen eighty four is in modern times. Is it? I thought um, that would be a little bit like a couple years after the first Wonder Woman. Like when was was it based on the first Wonder Woman was World War One or two? Uh, the first Wonder Woman was World War Two, but I do think that 1984 is going to take place in the 80s because it's going to be exploring uh, the Cold War and everything like that. So um, I, I guess we'll just have to wait to find out. We can do all the speculation in the world, but as you said, Patty Jenkins knows what she's doing. She has a good grasp on this character. Her and Gal, uh-huh. you know, work well together. So we'll just have to see where uh, Patty's, you know, where her journey, you know, where her storytelling takes us. I also want to point out, like you said before, that you didn't think God would have been a good choice for Wonder Woman because there was actually, <laughs> this is hilarious, but I had a conversation with a person, like I remember this for some reason a couple of years ago, that the complaint was that, oh, God shouldn't be Wonder Woman because, she didn't have armpit hair, <laughs> and I thought <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was hilarious for some reason. But the muscle part I couldn't agree with. But after that, after she was like portraying Wonder Wonder Woman, more than like eighty five percent of the pe- um, people love Gal Gadot, and then the other ones are just in there in denial. <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I came up with. Um, yeah. I never heard that, the armpit hair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Gal Gadot is like living proof that even though the fans already have like a cast in mind of who will be the perfect casting of a certain superhero, I feel like it depends mostly on the director to like bring the full um, potential out of an actor to give their best performance of a, a character, and then we'll, we will start to like it. Like, I always say that the fans don't really know what they want until they see see it. And well, Gaga is, is one of the examples that I feel like I'm right. Um, you know, I agree because um, who would have thought that Jason Momoa would have been Aquaman? Because mm-hmm. look at what we have in the comics. It looks different than what Jason is, but I can't imagine now anyone playing Arthur Curry other than Jason Momoa. See, that's also a good point because people always compare the movies to the comics or like books to the movies. And I always say like, this is a different medium from the comics. If you want something exactly like the comics or a book, just read the comics or the book. The movies are a separate entity, and they can make their own stories. Much like the comics, they do their own stories. Nothing is ever the same. But the comic book fans always feel like that. The, yeah. the specific character they want is in the comics, which is true, but there's always multiple there's multiple um characters that are the same. Like there's multiple Batmans, there's multiple Supermans that have different stories. Yeah, absolutely. And they can, they can do that in the movies too. 
I completely agree. Um, just, you know, sometimes let's just trust the directors and trust the casting, and you'll be surprised. So, uh, and Gail and Jason Lower are perfect examples of that. So, with that being said, we're going to move right along, and AJ, you got the number four spot here. Mm, I'm debating. <laughs> um, <laughs> choose the Dark Knight. Ooh, we're putting that at number four. four. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, dang it. Um. <laughs> No, I might keep that for later. I'm gonna choose um Batman Year One, the animated movie. What what is it this, called? Batman Year One. Year One. It's okay. basically um the introduction of um Batman as he returns to Gotham, and he's trying to stop crime, but he knows he can't do it without like protection. He soon learns that after, and this is mostly um it's not really a Batman movie, it's more of a um a Gordon movie. And I like how they like focus on this character more and see how like his feelings on Gotham as a whole and then Batman's like another side piece to that. I feel like this is one of the better Batman movies even though <laughs> it's a Gordon movie on its own. Yeah, I uh, I never saw Batman Year One, so I'm just going to have to take your word for it. So it's mostly a Gordon movie, like Jim Gordon? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting that they decided to focus just on him. It's, um, I feel like it's actually one of the best Batman movies, even though it's not Batman. I know that's a little difficult and it's like complicated. I don't even know how to like explain it. But I guess you can say actually, let me correct myself. It's a Gotham City movie because mm. everything it's based on it's if the main focus is Gotham City and the evil on the streets and the corruption of the cops and then you have Batman who's pure and Jim Gordon who's pure. And they're trying to like what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to do their best to survive. That's what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> fix fix the corruption in Gotham. Do you feel like, you know, with these anime movies that they have more of like a creative freedom to be a little bit more um you know, authentic to the comic books because it is animation um, as opposed to, like, live-action movies? Um, They have more... They, yeah, I feel like animated in general has more freedom than live-action. Um, but, yeah. My, I like how on Twitter's... Not even on Twitter, like, Facebook or any other social media, people... For like Suicide Squad, they want Assault on Arkham. Like that's the only movie they can think of. But for like live action, I feel like it's a little bit different than animated, and things will be 
will feel different. Just just because it's the same doesn't mean it'll work out in a in a different medium. Like animated and live action are two different mediums. And on the topic of Suicide Squad, like we already talked about um oh good God. James Gunn directing the Suicide Squad. And I feel like He's a perfect director <laughs> for um, Suicide Squad ever since um, Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. I thought he was like, I, I was thinking to myself that he would be a really good director for Suicide Squad or actually a writer because he, with um, Guardians, he writes multiple characters and gives them each development. And it feels strong in its own way. And I feel like they can he can do that with um, Suicide Squad. But the only issue with that is that I just hope they all die in the Suicide Squad so we can have new basic characters. <laughs> Unlike you, um, I know you wanted everybody to be there, but I feel like if the Suicide Squad franchise goes on, I feel like they can do like new characters each time like they're doing the comics. That's where my comic brain just kicks in. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. But um, I, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I just really like the actors and would have loved for them to stay on. And as I said kind of earlier in the show, I know that all of them had been training because they were expecting to return. So that's kind of why I'm a little hopeful that James Gunn kind of just some of them on. But before I move any further on, we actually do have a, another guest with us right now. Uh, Leo hey. on. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? That's last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Very last minute. I'm <laughs> way behind. Uh, I told Tia my aunt was over, but I was like, shit, I could just step outside real quick. Thought you had a full panel, Tia. You gotta, you gotta ding that emergency bell. You know, I I I thought that I was gonna have a huge panel because I told everyone about it, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, DC movies!" I can't <laughs> wait. And so I was like, "Oh my god!" I was almost freaking out because at the time when I told everyone, it seemed like five people were gonna be on. I was like, "Holy shit! How do I do a show?" five people like I'm not even going to talk I'm just going to be like and you and you and you and you and then all of a sudden it's like you know listen AJ and I have been holding down the fort right now because we've just been going at this list so I mean it gave us time to talk about other things in between but Leo I am going to go through the list with you so if you want to make any comments you can um, and keep in mind I think I was telling you but I will say it again that this is DC, uh, DCEU movies, DC movies, and DC anime movies. So uh, this is Ooh, this is the list. This is the list so far, and I feel like you're gonna be like, whoa. But anyway, so number ten was Batman Under the Red Hood. Number nine. Wait, was that's at ten. Leo, say. Save your comments till the end. So number 10 is Batman Under the Red Hood. Number 9 is Suicide Squad. Number 8 is Batman Begins. Number 7 is The Dark Knight Rises. 
Number six is V for Vendetta. Number five is Wonder Woman. Ooh, and, smart. And, and we just went over number four, which was Batman Year One. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I, wait, Red Hood is number 10, y'all? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Leo, I'm going to stop you for one second. I did have, so uh, number four was AJ's pick, and he did Batman Year One. And at first, he was going to pick The Dark Knight. And I was like, you're going to do that at number four? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait for that one. couple more slots. couple more slots. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Give us your comments, Leo, on the list. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't have put Suicide Squad on at all, but uh, <laughs> that was I'm me. glad that, that was we my did choice. get Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we did get Red Hood on there. Year One is a good choice, man. I, I really like Year One, and some Batman fans are like so against the the actual uh, movie because they're like, oh, the comic's so much better. And I'm like, well, the movie does it justice, so. Definitely think it belongs on the list. Uh, we talked about that, that too. One. Who picked V for Vendetta? Uh, I did. AJ did. AJ did. Nice, man. Love that choice. And nobody would even think of that to put that on the list, but that is such mm-hmm. a good movie, man. Like, kudos to you for throwing that one on there because <laughs> that's a DC comic, people. I, and I I totally forget about that until you guys uh, mentioned it. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, Vendetta. That's a good one. Um, let's see. And Batman Begins was on there. Yep. Yep. All right, so far we're y'all are doing pretty good. Uh, Wonder Woman <laughs> made it too. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yep. We were talking about how. Um, you know, at first, Gal didn't seem like maybe she was the right choice for Wonder Woman, but how she obviously proved us wrong in her performance. Yeah, uh, when you were talking earlier about, like, all the people who were, like, lined up to come on the show and then didn't end up making it, that kind of reminded me of how the DCEU is right now like, <laughs> as a movie franchise. <laughs> like, it gets everybody hopes, everybody hopes up and everybody's super hyped up for it. And I, I'm not going to say that for Aquaman, but, man, for Justice League, gigantic letdown. Um, you get there, and the movie just – the movie itself did not show up. I mean, wow. <laughs> what a mess. But, um, There's been so many problems with the DCU. There's been so oh many problems. God. They got to just – they got to scale back from those team-ups and really just focus on the single character movies because it seems like that. Mm-hmm. Where their strength is is like in the Aquaman's and the Wonder Woman's and you know they are Man of Steel actually too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like I like uh, Man of Steel. Um, so it's just I don't know. They need to shift the focus from those group ups because they just they don't do a good job with the group ups at all. No, they did not. And I'm gonna tell you guys, and I, I repeat this story so many times because it just was hilarious to me. You know, I saw Justice League probably on its, like, last week that it was in theaters. I really had – honestly, I had no desire to go see it until I was like, you know what, let's just go see it. I went to go see it with my boyfriend, and I'm sitting there, and there's at some point during the movie that I'm like, wow, I'm really freaking bored. And if I'm bored, I know he's bored. And I yeah. looked over, and he, and he literally was asleep. 
he was my boyfriend was asleep, and I was like, wow, okay, good job, Justice League. It's a perfect movie, apparently, to take a nap during. And then there was at some point that later I went to go visit Brittany, and she had never seen the movie, so we decided to rent it. And at some point during the movie, I don't know how it happened, but we literally both just got up and went into the kitchen and started, like, making food, and we completely forgot that the movie was even on. And so if that gives you, like, an indication on how Justice League was received by at least me, it was, oh, God, it was such a bad, like, matchup movie. Those are movies that, like, that it proves that Warner Brothers doesn't know how to let their filmmakers do what they actually do. They're always interfering. And then once, like, Wonder Woman came out, they gave they gave Patty Jenkins, like, full control over her movie. They gave her, like, some, some leeway on it. And same with James Wan, which became, like, the most successful, like, critical hit. Fans loved it. And a billion-dollar Aquaman. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully they know that they should let their filmmakers do what they do, because eventually we as fans will enjoy it as well. Even though at first, oh, we will say like, oh, that's dumb or that's dumb, and then after after the movie is out, everybody's raving about it. That's why Warner Brothers shouldn't like listen to the fandom. I know I'm gonna get hate for this, but. <laughs> DC, DC should no, listen you're to right. the fandom because we don't even know what we want until we actually get it. And once, exactly. once um, we have like a good director, a good writer, do something unexpected, us as fans will love it. And yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, we've seen that shown multiple times. Um, Before I let Leo have the number three spot, I'm going to ask a bit of a controversial question. Do you guys... Uh Uh-oh. Do you guys um, think that the Snyder Cut actually exists? No. Uh, No. 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 Um, I don't think he got that far into the actual movie because I remember um, Justice League was originally slated for like April, May, or June, like one of those like kind of late spring, early summer movies, and he was like stepping down in February or March. Yeah, he um, left and before they were, the he, film finished. Exactly, and even the execs were like, oh shit, our film's like not done. So I don't think that there's actually a Snyder cut, and if there is, if there was some kind of Zack Snyder form Justice League, I definitely think the execs stood over the shoulders of the editors and were like, "All right, take that out, take this out, all right, get rid of that." And Snyder cut is forever gone. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a finished, completed version. I don't think he even got through. He may have may have gotten through like an hour of the movie at most, in my opinion. Um, there's probably a lot shot that Zack Snyder was the director for, but I just don't think there's a complete movie before we didn't step in. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that if they did release a quote-unquote Snyder cut, that it would be such an unfinished film, and fans would be probably left a little bit even more confused than they were with what the finished product is. So, 
I'm glad that you both agree with me. And Leo, I am going to give you the number three slot. All right. Well, maybe I'm sticking this one a little bit too far in the sky, but uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman, that very first one. Um, And I just want to toss that on the list because, I mean, it was just a very iconic movie that established that character for an entire generation of people. I mean, it wasn't me, (laughs) Um, but, like, that was my first exposure to Superman was that Christopher Reeve, big blue Boy Scout, do things for – do do good things just for the sake of being good type of Superman. And I don't know, that's kind of a classic Superman I miss. Like, I, I did – don't get me wrong, guys. I, I did enjoy Man of Steel uh, for the longest. I did not. Um, but recently, thanks to – Thanks to people over here at Geek Vibes, I went back and rewatched it uh, probably last summer and really enjoyed what I saw. But that Christopher Reeve Superman, he's just so special and, and such like a, a daring and charming guy. It's got mantra for Superman and just him and Lois Lane have just this wonderful relationship that everybody wanted. I mean, Superman was just kind of the poster child for superhero movies for a while. So I think we got to give it up for the classics and at least get this one on the list. I mean, we got to get the original there, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 mm. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Look here. Christopher Reed okay. Superman, you've got to admit that it's better than Suicide Squad. Oh. Uh, that, that, is, that is no doubt. That is no doubt that Superman is better than Suicide Squad. But Would I put I it at number like... three? No, but I don't have a spot to you. <laughs> I, feel, I feel that the movie is a little overrated. Like, I understand why it's iconic. But that doesn't mean it. For me, it doesn't hold up. So for now, like movies like V for Vendetta holds up now, and it's still a good movie and a comic book movie. But for like Christopher Reeve's Superman, the score is iconic and it still holds up. That's for sure. But the movie as a whole, I feel like I don't. I don't even know. It's just. I don't feel like it holds up, and I know what? that people who I, <laughs> I, I know I know that people still love the movie, but everything that has to do with it doesn't. I don't know. It just it feels off to me. Like I know people are gonna hate I mean, me for this, but Matt Man is still and Henry Cavill is a better Superman, and a Superman movie and a movie in general. People are gonna hate me for that, but I have no regrets saying that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, ugh. well, here's the thing about going back to the Christopher Reeve Superman. It's definitely cheesy. It's definitely before this time, but that's kind of what makes it a good movie. I mean, it's it's that cheesiness, that campiness, that you know, non-dark, non-dusty storyline, like that just. It, it to me, I don't know. It survives to the ages, and, and I think it has it's a, a lot a to different do time, with the nostalgia factor. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a different time. It definitely time, is. I feel. But um, hold on, hold on. Henry Cavill, Man of Steel, over. All right, all right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I can agree with you on 
Superman 3 and 4, but those first two, man, those are are some good-ass movies. I can't watch those movies. I tried to watch them last weekend, and I couldn't get past, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie. What? Oh, man, you got to strap yourself down for those. That's so good. I'm, I've watched like them I said, before. Like I said, Campy is super cheesy, them, but them. the first time I watched those movies, I loved them. But I guess as I grew older, my my taste changed, and I just couldn't get, <laughs> I can't get into them anymore. It's just like um, I love Batman and Robin. Well, I used to love Batman and Robin, Yeesh. but now, but now I can't watch it anymore because of how corny the jokes are and. Ugh, I can't even get into Batman. Well, that's just a bad movie, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the, the, I, I can feel it from, like, both of you. Like, both hearts dropping at the same time. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, I have to, like, almost agree with both of you because it's like I get what Leo is saying with the nostalgia. I mean, Christopher Reeves is such the iconic Superman, and if you consider what Superman, you know, like, started out as and yes, even still yeah. is in the comic books, I mean, that, you know, goody, good, choo-choo, whatever, you know, Boy Scout pretty much. Which is know, corny is. on its own, by the way. Just because well, yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's corny on its own, but in the comics it works well. Like I said, right. like, comics and movies are a different medium, and it should be treated as such. Right, and but and I then I will on the opposite side agree with AJ that it is dated. It is a dated movie, um, and, and I'm sure oh, that sure. Uh, I'm sure that our parents, uh, you know, would disagree with us, or our grandparents would disagree with us. Like, oh no, it's a wonderful <laughs> movie, but you know, we have so um, much better I technology. I argue with my mom about this. <laughs> I mean, we have such better technology. We have better writers. I mean, I, I say this, and this is going to probably get some hate, but it feels like back in the day, and not this is not the same with every movie, because I can still watch, like, you know, I used to watch a lot of, like, old movies with my grandparents, you know, and, and I can still watch some of those, you know. Batman Returns all day. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, it and feels the, like the at the time. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such good movies. It feels like at times that there wasn't like as much dedication to bringing these characters to life back in the day as there is now. Definitely, you know not. what I'm saying. I mean, definitely not. They were kind of just the the characters back in the day were were definitely looked at as kids comic books. I mean, it just it was for kids, you know. It wasn't for mm-hmm. for us. For for us and people, adults, and people and still adults. have that same mentality as well. People still have that same mentality for um, comic books. Like I forgot his name, but the um, guy that was complaining that Stan Lee was inspirational. Oh, <laughs> he. I don't I don't want to get into much into this, but I feel like he was just doing all that for like clout. And it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, because he he knows that he's starting to become irrelevant, and to say that comic books movies is only for kids is basically saying, um, sports is for kids because we all started watching sports, playing sports as kids, and the and the same for comic books. But just because 
we usually do that. We used to do that as kids. Doesn't mean we can still do it now. And actually, I feel like comic books have more important to say than almost any other medium. Comic books and anime, which is underrated, and and um, and um, what is it? Unsung hero. Anime is unsung hero of any medium, for like movies and books and comic books. I feel like more people should watch anime. That's just a sidetrack. <laughs> I'm just sidetracking now. Uh, yeah, completely agree there. I mean, um, I was on a podcast this past week for uh, Secrets of the Sire, side note, and we were talking about Bill Maher, and he was just doing it, I think, because he just wanted that controversy, almost. He wanted to say things like that. I didn't get it personally, because I feel like, you know, good job, you're getting on a deceased 95-year-old, and that's okay. Like, you feel good about that, but uh, if you look at the origins of comic books, and I'm not the biggest, you know, comic book reader all the time, but all these characters were started because they wanted to send a message and it wanted to be, a, you know, relevant for the times, you know, where how Captain America the Comic books were very, very political. Yeah, <laughs> so... Comic books were very political. And if anything, I think that adults can kind of understand that more. So, um you know, that's why Superman was created. That's why all of these characters were created at the time. So, um, you know, Bill Mars, got it. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't understand it. Um, I know that a lot of people got outraged. I didn't necessarily get outraged by it because what he has to say about something that I enjoy is irrelevant. I just think that he wanted to say it because, first of all, it was easy to criticize someone, again, who's dead, and criticize a fandom that, you know, maybe has always... Think about about this way. Right now, being a geek, being a nerd, is, like, the cool thing, you know? Like, it's it's taking over... so weird. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's taking over, it's taking over cinema, it's taking over television shows, taking over everything. But back in the day, I don't know how I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 28. Uh, 20, you know, 22. <laughs> but, you know, being... Yeah, 26. Oh, Jesus Christ, guys. Don't make me feel... 25, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, being in school, that wasn't the cool thing at all. You know, no. that was like... So, but at this point, we are the majority here. We're, you know... Most of the time you look at the blockbusters, what's the blockbuster, right? It's a comic book movie. It's mm-hmm. nothing else. So, honestly, I just think that Dilmar has that old-school mentality where, you know, the people who read comic books are the kids that you beat up back in school. And, sorry, that's just not how it is anymore. But Dilmar is a conversation for another day. So, Leo got the number three spot, which was the original Superman of Christopher Reeves. AJ, I'm going to give you the number two spot. Okay. Well, I hope you choose <laughs> the right one for the number one spot, but I'm going to choose for number two spot, Man of Steel. <laughs> Superman twice in a row. <laughs> Man of Steel, like I said before, Henry Cavill, um, he actually is Superman, I feel like. Not, uh, what does that say? 
I don't have any notes on this one. But um, the complaint that people always give when when I always debate with Man of Steel, I always hear that uh, he lets the city get, um, get destroyed oh, or, oh, why did he kill Zod? And that's not in his character because of the comic books. Like I always say before, that the comic books aren't the same as the movies. And for this movie, it fits well. And Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill makes his own portrayal of Superman, and it works perfectly, I feel like. And let's see. And um, General Zod, I can't even think of his name, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon as General Zod, I feel like is the second best DC here, um, DC well, villain um, of all DC movies in general. Like, let's see, um, yeah, he's a layered char- um, character, and he's like different from the Joker, which I think is the best villain of all time. But um, Zod. He loves he loves his planet so much that he was willing to kill for it, but people didn't. See. He's basically Thanos, but a little lower scale. And I feel like he knows what he's doing. He feels like is right, and that's what makes him a compelling villain to me. And he fits well with the movie with um Henry Cavill Superman as well. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I think that Man of Steel for number two is a great uh, choice. I think that we are all sitting here still waiting for a Man of Steel sequel that I'm not sure will ever happen at this point, unfortunately. Speak for yourself. So. It will happen. It will happen. <laughs> they already have it. They already have it. Um, no, they already no, have the actors. The they already have the writers. They, they already have it ready. But we don't, but we don't just not it, saying man. anything. What do you mean? We and Henry Cavill, and Henry Cavill, <laughs> talking about is on the edge anyway. Hell, oh my I, goodness, I man! I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about a Man of Steel two if it's ever gonna happen. It should have happened I'm, right after Man of Steel, man. Did they not learn from Marvel? I mean, should have happened right new, after Man of Steel. This is going to be. This is basically going to be like a new revamped. DC DC world right now, so having yeah, a Man of Steel sequel, perfect. What Man of Steel sequel was Batman movie with Matt Reeves, um, Shazam. No, no, no. They could just pull a I've, James Gunn and just call it the Man of Steel. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are, what are your thoughts on James Gunn directing on Suicide the Suicide Squad? Ooh, um, I'm excited, man. I mean, because I'm sorry, that David Ayer directed Suicide Squad was a mess. Uh, so I, I'm thinking I have to disagree James on that Gunn one. It was, the, it was the editing for um, David Ayer's. It was, it was the editing. Oh, I thought it was the biggest mess for Suicide Squad. I think the entire movie was a mess, man. Oh, you thought Holly Quinn was a mess? You, you thought Holly Quinn was a mess? Oh, and Tasha's She's was probably shit. the only one that got away with it. Her and maybe a little bit of Deadshot. But even the second half of the movie, I was like, all right, Deadshot, what are we doing? You're suddenly working for, for Flag all of a sudden? I don't know, man. It just it screamed mess for me. Um, do I think I like- Gun can be better? 
fuck yes. I think he can bring us a much better soundtrack. I think he he can establish Mm -hmm. much better relationships between the characters. Not just, oh, let's randomly help this flat guy who who (laughs) has us in these shot collars the whole time, guys. Come on. No, that was dumb. Uh, And I think, but I think that uh, James Gunn could come back and kind of make some sense of everything that's happening. Because, man, that second half of Suicide Squad, he's just going to restart everything. What's going on? Yes, um, that's when we start everything. Uh, I, I think that James Gunn is going to do a great, great job at Suicide Squad. I think that if you're going to bring James Gunn into the DC universe, this is the perfect movie to do so. Um, you know, he has free range of characters. He's going to have this awesome soundtrack. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I picked it as number nine, so I liked the Suicide. I um, <laughs> I, and that being said, so that being said, I didn't like. I so this enjoyable. is this is the the thing, Leo. I didn't like the enchantress uh, plot that they know. had there. I think they needed to take her. But they recognized that. They recognized that. I mean, they interviewed the fact, that. The they fact interviewed. That they didn't recognize it earlier. It's the problem. Yeah, but they still threw her in the movie. She's hula, hula dancing to create those goddamn zombie <laughs> monsters. I'm just not okay with it. <laughs> I, listen, that that could be a discussion for another day. Um, you know, we could have a debate about that. But going back to Man of Steel, I like Henry Cavill as the Superman. I thought that he, he was Superman. a good. I, I thought no. that was a good casting choice. Personally, um, just because, listen, I, I think that the whole Justice League thing is almost like a stain on Henry Cavill's Superman and his career as you know, the man of Oh, that was a terrible fucking movie, too. I'm sorry. Excuse my French, but that was a terrible movie as well. My um, Martha. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so bad. Oh, I don't know if I've told you this, guys, but I didn't go see that in theaters either. I got it online, and after watching it, I was, was like, angry. I was, like, angry, and I go, I want my money back. But then I realized (laughs) that I didn't even pay for it, but I was like, I still want my money back because the three hours of my life that I lost watching that movie was just terrible. The whole Martha subplot, uh, that was a terrible movie to, like, bring you know, Batman and Superman together. And but I don't that know what Batman they're... warehouse scene, the Batman yeah, warehouse, Batman warehouse scene. scene was, oh. was a legendary, but that was mm-hmm. the best part of the movie. And imagine standing and... in line to you, shaking with your movie ticket in, in, in excitement, seeing the <laughs> Thursday preview, the first showing, just fucking jumping with the way and then getting in there and seeing that mess. <laughs> God, that was rough. Um, not to get too controversial here, but, you know, I feel like I already got yelled at for this in a previous uh, show Uh-oh. with Juwan. He yelled at me as well. So it's okay. You guys can yell at me too. Uh, I hate Ben Affleck as Batman. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. I'm cool with it. Wait, I'm hold on. With it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, do you I, hate I'm Ben Affleck down. as an actor or as Batman? Like, do you hate him as a, as a person or as Batman? To say that I, I hate someone that... To say I hate someone that I don't know is a little, uh, you okay, know. Okay, dislike. Uh, I'm sorry, dislike. 
Oh, no, oh, some people hate Tom Cruise, yo. <laughs> well, see, the thing is that, all right, so do you, obviously I'm assuming you guys, like, watch Family Guy. I don't know if you all remember, mm. there's, there's, like, this scene where Peter's, like, it's like Ben Affleck preparing for a role, and the cutaway scene is Ben Affleck going, oh, my God, I have to play King Henry in an hour. And he's like, hello, hello, great, got it. And I'm like, that's how he prepares for Batman. And I have just not liked the casting since it happened. He looks tired. I'm tired. Everyone's tired yep. of it. And I feel like everyone being, you know, everyone. And he was half so, baked. Oh god. No, yes, he, he no 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 no. He was not half baked. He was half baked, motherfucker. He was half half baked and Justice League. I don't know what the shit. He was half baked in BBS too, man. No, he was not. He was a bad. Do you bleed? I'm like, could come up with that. That was a that was an amazing line. What are you smoking? That was a do you bleed? Bleed. And that, oh my that's, goodness. That's how he said it. It sounded weak as shit. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That Robo voice is really you, you need off, to man. You need to watch the clip of that again. I think you're getting ready I watched it before sweat. coming on the show. And I was like, I'm not feeling this shit. Oh, goodness. I'm like, oh, no, man. I don't, I, I don't bleed. If, if that's what it takes to get you to stop talking like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I can't get behind Ben Affleck. Like he comes out sometimes with good movies. I'm not saying that he's like the worst actor out there and he doesn't have like good shit. But it's like the way he portrayed Batman. I mean, listen, all right, I'm gonna throw this out there. I was speaking to Juwan about it and he kinda like brought up a kinda good point where he said that, you know, this guy probably thought that he was just coming in for like a one shot as Batman. And maybe he didn't necessarily Fair. know that they were like gonna like lock him in or something like that, you know. And maybe that's the whole thing. But I just don't think he wants to play Batman anymore. You know, everyone's like, oh, only my Batman. He's my Batman. I'm like, I don't think Ben wants to do it anymore. I think that he's fucking tired. I'm tired. Like I'm again, but tired. But that's after Batman versus Superman. What you're speaking of is Justice League, which I do agree with him. a bad Batman. I hate him in Batman versus Superman too. I was like, I'll give him this. That stunt double, that stunt double in the warehouse did a damn good yeah. job. I'll say yeah. that. Like maybe we can make him Batman because that was um, that was phenomenal. Who do y'all want for Batman and yeah. um, Matt Reeves Batman? Mm, oh, Ben I'll let you go first. Ben I knew you were going to say Ben fucking Barnes. I knew I, it. I knew I, listen, it. Listen, I think you'd be, Matt Reeves wants a younger Batman, right? And mm-hmm. Ben Barnes wants to play Batman. And I think that he could potentially do it. I think that if they gave him a shot, I think that he would be able to do it. I'm not married to the idea of it. I'm perfectly okay if they want to, like, suggest someone else. But Matt Reeves has already said that he wants to pick a familiar face. So Ben Barnes would be a familiar face to do it. Um, that's just my thing. But, again, I'm not married to the idea if they want to bring someone else in. Um, you know, I still thought that John Hamm could have been a pretty good Batman, yes. but he obviously yes. doesn't. But he's yeah. older, though. Yeah, well, that's no, what I'm saying. Matt Reeves younger Batman, but he's older. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he wouldn't fit the age profile of what Matt Reeves is looking for. You know, he wants to. But if you, if you took that away, if you were like, who cares about the age? 
bring in John Hamm. Again, John Hamm wants yes. to do it. He would be amazing. And first of all, I hate these like people who are like, oh no, he's so much older than Ben Affleck. I look, he's like a year older. He's a year <laughs> older. Like calm down. And look. he doesn't look it. He doesn't at all. Oh, he so looks I young. Yeah, he looks younger. So I, I think that if you want to pick a younger one, I would not be mad if they picked Ben Barnes. So Leo, who do you want to see as uh, Batman? Uh Nick Jonas. Um, no, I'm kidding, guys. <laughs> I, I was really day. hoping you were joking. Oh, oh God, um, he did come out and say he would love to be Batman, but um, I'm down for like I seen Army Hammer tossed out as a um candidate. Down for that. Uh, if I can get over the Rob Stark, maybe Richard Madden would be pretty cool. Um, but I don't know if I could get over Rob Stark for that. Uh, like my perfect my perfect Batman is John Ham. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Like I just I wish there was some way to make John Ham as as Batman and I know he wants the younger Batman, but man, he would have made just like a much better Batman. They, um they can they can bring in John Ham if they want to do another Justice League, just swap him out for Ben Affleck. No yeah, one just will swap complain. him out. I'm super down for that. Um maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. Um, but he's but already I don't in think, I, he's already Yeah, in I don't think Jake um, would do oh, it. Oh, that's right. Mysterio, Mysterio. Well, I have my three. John Hamm. Oh. Army Hammer. Talk, or Richard ha- Madden. Talk, talk Not Nick Jones. Did y'all see um, Velvet Buzzsaw? Velvet Buzzsaw. Yep. Yo, he is ripped in that movie. Yeah. Ripped! <laughs> I mean, oh, he's in God. hella shape. When he was locked out of uh-huh. the gym, I was like, damn, Jake, you've been on the damn... Sit up, bro. <laughs> He's, He's preparing for something. Right? He's preparing for something. Uh, yeah, it's actually, maybe. <laughs> real, uh, Juwan and I actually did a Velvet Buzzsaw um review yesterday, and I believe it's up on Twitter now. So if anyone's listening, go listen to that as well. But uh, yeah, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Would be a good Batman, but I just don't think he would do it considering now he's uh, in Marvel. But Locked into Marvel. But, man, he'd be a good bat- younger Batman, like a middle age kind of. I've been fighting yeah, crime he, for a couple years, five, six years type of Batman. Because he is, like, 40, which you, like, look at him, and he still looks like he's in his 20s, but he is, like, 40 years old. So Yeah, he's um, got the baby face look going. He's got the baby face. But I, I think that... I'm still gonna throw in John Hamm. Matt Reeves, just bring in John Hamm. It's okay. We'll Please. forgive you. But just fuck the young Batman. Bring in John Hamm. <laughs> but uh, so we got 20 minutes left, and I want to reserve that for our number one because I know we're gonna talk about it a lot. If you are oh, just joining, if uh, if you're just joining <laughs> us, we are doing the top 10 DC movies. And I'm going to go through the list really quick now. Uh, so we got Batman Under Red Hood, Suicide Squad, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises, V for Vendetta, Wonder Woman, Batman Year One, Superman, Creed, uh, Christopher Reeves Rendition, Man of Steel. And for number one, I'm going to put it over to Leo because I know what he's going to pick. And you he's better going to pick it right. right. You better pick it right. <laughs> Wait, what? I thought you were going to put the number one. Because you All right, Dark Knight. You just, you just came on. We got to give it to you. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Where is she? I mean, dude, it's just, 
Huh. Before Leo gets too much into this, I just have to do a funny thing. So Brittany was going to be on with us today. She couldn't. And Leo said to me, literally, if Brittany puts the Dark Knight on any other spot other than number one, I'm going to freak out. So. <laughs> <laughs> More like I'm just going to hang out. And then we'll be like, Leo? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dark Knight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm, oh I don't think... I don't think much needs to be said about how phenomenal that movie is. The soundtrack, the cinematography, the damn Joker, Batman, the Gotham, just everything. Oh, my God. Even Lucius Fox, guys. Like, every every detail of The Dark Knight is the most epic movie. I don't know how the hell it wasn't nominated, how that wasn't the first best picture uh, superhero film because – that year they put fucking Benjamin Button in over Dark Knight. <laughs> what kind of embarrassment is that? Um, that was such a good movie. I mean, you had a grounded Batman who's coming from Batman Begins just rise up to these adversaries who are almost absolutely unstoppable. Um, Joker, somebody who has no superpowers, being absolutely unstoppable and just this this Dark evil. Ooh wee. Uh, the, the sirens are going for him already. Um, just this evil, maniacal man who's just more of an anarchist than he is like our traditional kind of Joker. He does act a lot more like the villain Anarchy, but I think it was such a good mix coming from. Um, oh God, uh, what's his name? Homeboy who passed away. Uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, yeah, wow, um, forgot his name for a second, but um, I think that was just a product of his his phenomenal acting in that role, and honestly, he stole the show um, from Christian Bale for me. Uh, I watched that movie for that Joker, and it's just it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just one of the the like when you think of top ten movies of all time, like that is on the list for me. It is the best superhero film period uh that soundtrack cannot be topped really i'm not gonna lie i was i was one of those people that was like but why wouldn't you put this batman in the dceu because that was such (laughs) a good trilogy like and i know nolan didn't want anything to do with the the new extended universe but man i'm sorry that would have been that would have been the fucking move to make uh dark knight dark knight is so good Sorry, I, and I feel like bad because I just want to spew out as well because it was so good. I mean, even from the opening sequence that it, you, and then the introduction to the Joker and he's just standing there with the mask and you don't know what's in that purse. And yeah. the, mas- the, the mastermind was behind all of that was just so amazing. As you said, Heath Ledger definitely stole the show from... Uh, Christian Bale, which is, you know, Christian Bale did an amazing job as Batman. He was fantastic um, in it. And the whole tragedy, I mean, first of all, side note, talk about swapping in actresses. I mean, Katie Holmes played Rachel in Batman Begins, and then they just brought in Maggie Gyllenhaal for Rachel. And they're like, it's okay, just, you know, (laughs) this is the same character. And nobody cares. And nobody cared, Um, you know, that one scene where, and again, we can talk about, like, the Joker so much. I mean, his 
introduction into that party with, you know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Michael Caine had lines in that scene, and he couldn't say any of them because it was his first time seeing Heath Ledger as the Joker. It was just terrifying. I mean, this whole the whole mastery of it, the whole storytelling. I even loved Harvey Dent in it, how, you know, Batman was so invested that this was going to be the, the white knight. This was going to be Gotham's hope where, you know, someone like him as Batman didn't need to exist because you had someone like Harvey Dent, but then he got corrupted because that's what the Joker does. He just corrupts people. I mean, the whole storytelling, the whole, it, it was just so, just so amazing. Let me pose this question to y'all real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. that these movies kind of fucked it up for Ben Affleck a little? Like, do you guys think that if these movies, let's just say, like, they went with the DCEU way earlier and they just didn't even make the Dark Knight trilogy, God for fucking did, but um, they did not do that and they just kind of started Ben Affleck in the world. Do you guys would have been a little bit of a better movie had the no. Dark Knight not come before it? First no. of all, I think that they cast Ben Affleck way too soon after Christian Bale. Way they had like soon. Li- way they too soon. They pulled the trigger on that shit. They literally finished up with The Dark Knight Rises and then instantly were like Ben Affleck. So I think that did hurt it where people were like, wait, we just finished this amazing trilogy. Let it sit for a second, you know? So I, I do oh. think that a little bit um, – you know, within that, but I'll let AJ, you know, tell what he thinks about that. I I don't think there was a problem of casting Ben Affleck as as Batman as soon as it hit. Um, The problem is that what is it? People I I guess it's a problem. Oh, no. Um, People (laughs) always, people always, um, just because something works, like Leo, like what you said, Leo, that you wish that the Dark Knight trilogy was in the DC extended universe, I don't believe that it should have been. Like the Christopher, the Christopher Nolan's trilogy works perfectly as its own like own universe as a Batman universe. And oh, I completely agree. Now, back then, I was locked on yeah. that decision though. <laughs> Yeah, and um, this is actually a, I actually viewed The Dark Knight as the second best superhero movie of all time, but I do have like a lot of issues with it. Like Christian Bale's Batman, I don't really care for the voice. Uh-huh. The voice is the hell out of me. They're very, very the same. Like his fighting style is very much oh, yeah. like punch, 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 and they're like but, half thrown. I know I know why Christopher Nolan did that is because he wanted to focus on the storytelling rather than the action sequences. But I feel like you need the action sequences for Batman and incorporate it with the storytelling to make it an actual perfect Batman movie or just a perfect movie in general. Like my first favorite superhero movie is Logan, and they use the brutality uh-huh. of Logan and the caring of Logan to incorporate that in the story, which I feel like makes it a better superhero than any other superhero well, movie. The villains time. you're seeing are better than Joker? Uh, no, 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 no,
the Joker is the best villain of all time. But the villains and Logan help build up Logan. The villain and the Dark Knight raises the Joker up in a higher capacity than Batman himself. Like you guys said, that Joker made the Batman movie, the Dark Knight movie. The antagonist of the movie needs to like build up the character, and I feel like <laughs> Heath Ledger's performance and as the Joker like brought him down a notch, brought down Christian Bale as Batman a notch. That's why I didn't like Batman as much as I should have. And boy, sorry, what? Um, I mean, the the Dark Knight is all about Heath Ledger's Joker, which is amazing because even me myself, I and I think we talked about this last week, Leo. You know, no one expected Heath Ledger to actually put on a good performance, and he yeah, fucking yeah, killed yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. and by the way, Leo, kind of go off on where you said, you know, you were wondering why The Dark Knight hadn't gotten nominated. I think because at the time that The Dark Knight came out, which I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, 2005. Yeah. You know, superheroes weren't looked up at the Oscars. People yeah. didn't, they didn't want to nominate them then. But now they want to nominate it was Black def- Panther. It was definitely a stepping stone for Black Panther to get nominated. Not, Black Panther is sure. definitely not going to win the Oscar. Nah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it winning just because. It is still. I think there's still there's still the Bill Mars of the world who look down on <laughs> comic books. You know I, that sounds so bad because essentially we're like now feeding into his comments. But I just don't think that Black Panther will win strictly because of that stigma. Even though I mean I haven't really seen what else is nominated. I haven't seen any of those movies, but I just. Like, what do they have? I don't know. That's a discussion for a different day. But I think that we could all agree. Well, except AJ. But no, <laughs> we could all agree that the, that the Dark Knight is, like, the best, like, comic book movie. Although I have to then agree with AJ that Logan was a freaking masterpiece. And that also. It was. Yeah. That should have been nominated. That was a fantastic story. And it's one of the things it where. Did it did get nominated it, for um, Best Screenplay. or. Best. It's almost when they kind of like remove themselves a little from like the when they remove themselves from the traditional storytelling of comic books that they almost do a better job because of like yes. Dark Knight and Logan. I mean, they don't concentrate mm-hmm. so much on being a comic book movie and they just concentrate on just being a good story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I agree with. See, Marvel I, Marvel does that too. Like they focus on their movies specifically, but Kevin Feige gave them like specific rules and plans. But in general, the filmmakers have like full control over their movies as long as they stay in that vicinity of what Kevin Feige wants, and that's why it works well. Um as a connective tissue rather than the DC movies where the people try to like force things into each other. I didn't, I don't even think they had a plan. Oh, well, they they did. Zack Snyder, Zach, Zach Snyder had a plan, but Warner Brothers didn't have a plan. And nope. I feel like they didn't communicate well together. 
and that's what made the the DCU fail a lot. And I hope they understand that, so they can like fix that with like Shazam. They they are doing the right with Aquaman. They did do it right with Aquaman, but I hope they continue with that for like Shazam, Wonder Woman, and are you? Are you guys excited for the future of the DCEU, and are you excited for Shazam coming out? Yes. Um, I ever, am, um, for sure. Since, um, ever since Aquaman came out, I started to get more Same. hope. And I get it. Warner Brothers like makes it nasty because Wonder Woman actually started to give me hope. And then you have, like, Justice League. But <laughs> ever ever since then... Like the the switch in like leadership, and then we get Aquaman. I feel like Walter Mata will like have everything in control, and he'll have a specific plan for his directors and writers. And then after that, he'll just let them do what they need to do to make a good movie instead of listening to the fandoms, like I said, because we don't really know what we want until you know we get it. Uh, are you so? Um, Leo, do you think, speaking about the Justice League, because the Justice League was essentially supposed to, you know, then set up for these characters to have their own movies going forward, do you think that the Flash movie is actually going to happen? Because it seems like it's in so much trouble. Nope. Nah, I don't think so. I think I think what they were using the Flash for for a while there was an anchor, um, and they were talking about it for a while, that it was going to be like their reset button. But I think mm-hmm. what they're doing right now is just fine. Just keep on making the movies, make them good, allow for the directors to have creative control because mm-hmm. execs don't need to be standing over shoulders. They're fucking suits. They don't know how comics go. They need to allow the creative staff, the, the directors, the writers, they need to let them breathe, have their room, and they need to just let them let them create, just like they did with, with Wonder Woman. And that's why... Wonder Woman was good because Patty Jenkins could just do her thing versus Justice League where they're over Zach's shoulders, they're pressure oh, pushing God. out. Like it's just like, dude, they need to allow these directors to really be directors, just like James Wan was for Aquaman. You could tell this was a James Wan movie. It wasn't a James Wan interfered by WB movie like Justice League was. It was a James Wan movie, and if they keep on flowing with that cohesiveness, I'm totally fine with The Flash not coming out for a little while. Um, but Shazam looks like it can be along the same vein, hopefully as, as Aquaman, where they just allow for that create that creativity to be free and allow for the directors to really just take the control and to really put their foot on the gas and well, since Wonder Woman was good, I'm 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 I've got faith for eighty four. I just gotta see how Shazam goes and then we might be on a really good track here with D C and I think it's a good idea for them to throw the Joker in there because if they just wanna start coming out with just independent movies, I'm all for that. Like you guys don't have to be this big vast connected universe like Marvel. I don't mm-hmm. I don't need that. Um I just I just want good D C films. That's all I want. I just want good DC movies, whether they're connected or not, I just want good movies. That's it. And I, I hope Warner Brothers can really see that Aquaman 
as an example was was good and they could just kind of step down and back away and allow for the creatives to step in cuz i mean that's their number one best selling movie of all uh, of all the dc movies now so they they got to just step back and allow for them to have the reins and control um i i don't think i don't think flash is going to get made though i think everybody's just kind of locked away um, from that project, I mean, I don't. They still, last they still I saw, didn't have a director. They still, I think they still have the directors. Have to look it up. Do they? Okay, I thought yeah, the director, director stepped away. Um, I know that I know the actor for Flash's dad stepped away. Um, <laughs> and I think the first director on the project stepped away. So like, people kind of just kept stepping away, and then it was going to be named Flashpoint, and that was a mess. It was a mess, so I'm glad they shelved it. They didn't rush it and say, well, let's just get it out anyway, because I think that's what they did with Justice League, so keep that in the back pocket for now, and I'm cool with that, but they do need to hit the gas on that Lanterns movie now. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead, AJ. Uh, what do y'all? What, um, what do you guys hope if um Joker, be um becomes a good hit? What do you guys? What would y'all want next after the Joker, or Joker? Um. Well, first of all, I'm excited as hell for the new Joker movie. I Same. really like what I really like so, Joaquin Phoenix and them bringing him in and essentially letting him do his thing. I think it looks great, and I I think that people are excited for that because they barely put any, like, anything out there. Like, maybe we just got one picture of Heath Ledger, not Heath Ledger, wow, my bad, of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. And I went to New York Comic Con, and there was someone dressed up as Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker. And I was like, all right, people are already getting excited for this. So I'm super excited for this. After that, I don't really know. I'm just going to see what happens and just, you know, Go with the flow, pretty much. Is um, so that do a Brainiac Green Lantern movie? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So that do a Brainiac movie? No, um, <laughs> they can really just go with any independent like character and just do their own movie. Like I'd be super cool for that, like a Martian Manhunter or something. Just like oh, keep yeah. it going, yeah. keep them coming. Yeah, um, guys, really quick. Don't mean to cut anyone off, but we only have about like a minute left. So I just wanted to say really quickly that I think that this is a great list that we have come up with. Um, thank you both for being with me today. And I want to put it out. Leo, where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me on YouTube at Geekly Goods or at geeklygood.com. Um, and on Facebook under Geekly Goods. Uh, I don't want to run out of time, so I won't be too long with my spiel, but we uh, do donate a portion of our purchases to arts education because that's what we stand for, guys. So come check us out. Awesome. And AJ, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter <laughs> at AJ <laughs> underscore Geek Vibes. Awesome. And you guys, <laughs> no, seriously, you guys are awesome contributors. Um, if you definitely want good content within the geek realm definitely check both of these guys out i know that aj has a uh dvd article coming out that he reviews it so definitely look out for that thank you both for being with us today my name is pia you can find me on twitter at uh, tc underscore stark 
Uh, I write for Geek Vibes Nation, and I do these top tens every single week. I have no idea what next week is going to be, but I'm sure that we will figure it out. Maybe we'll do the top ten worst DC movies and put Justice League as number one. Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Um, uh, you two are killing me. It's okay. I'm fine with being in the minority of the people who actually like that movie. But thank you again for joining us. This is the top 10 for Geek 5 Nation. Have a wonderful day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.